Stand on it. Come on, man, stand on it. Stand on it, guys. The Tri-State's number one motorsports talk show. Today's program is brought to you in part by our marketing partners. Recognized by the Eastern Motorsports Press Association as one of the top racing shows in the Eastern United States, here's Rappin' on Racing. Hi, I'm Don Gamble, and I want to welcome all of our listeners to our special Christmas show. The show will be commercial-free because of the holiday and some of the music. But I want to thank our marketing partners. Number one, Cochrane Automotive. Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. RPS Financial Solutions. And Zarin Truck and Automotive. We have an excellent show planned for you today, and I'm sure you will enjoy it. And I want to send out happy holiday greetings to all of our listeners, whether it's Hanukkah or Christmas. We hope your festivities are excellent and you have an enjoyable time. All right, listeners, joining us now, my co-host for this show is Howie Bayless. Howie, uh, good evening. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Don? Good. I want to uh, preview some things with you. I know that uh, Red Fight went with you to the PRI show, and he said he was just amazed at what you remembered when you were doing interviews, and you had no notes. He said you went up to Joey Denowitz and asked him about being the legacy car champion at Jennerstown in 1990, and you could have knocked Joey over with a feather because it's like, how the hell does he know that? And you got you got so much stuff in your head. It's it's a wonder you don't get headaches. Yeah, if I was only could remember all that stuff when I was in school, you know, my school work would have been a lot better. But you know, I'm using my knowledge for good stuff. You know, racing serious stuff. Yeah. Well, you're gonna uh, our guests for the show are going to be Tyler Harris, the voice of Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, and NASCAR champion Ryan Blaney. That's awesome, and I mean, you know, Tyler Harris, one of the great up-and-coming voices in local racing, and you got Ryan Blaney. Um, I really like how Ryan, you know, he's not from North Carolina. He tells everybody he's from Ohio, and that's awesome. Yeah. And while I was out at uh, PRI, I had the opportunity to talk to some legends of their own, uh, Scott Bloomquist and uh, Devin Moran and uh, Trevor Zuver, and... Um, I got to talk to Levi Yetter, one of the young up-and-coming drivers in western Pennsylvania, and, you know, it was, it was a great experience. And also, uh, Drake Troutman, another one of the young up-and-coming from uh, Pennsylvania. Howie, when you were talking to Scott Bloomquist, it was very uh, interesting, and I learned things. We don't want to go into the whole interview, but learned things about him for, like, when he got hurt that I don't think anybody knows. No, it's it's interesting, uh I had the opportunity to talk to Scott, and we did it very laid back to where we were both just very open and could sit there and just have a normal conversation. You know, normally when Scott's at the track, he's going 500 different ways. Out at there, when I had the opportunity to talk to him, um, we were actually going to a bar. We were going to grab a beer, and uh, unfortunately the bar was closed, so Scott and I just sat down, and we got to have a nice conversation, and... Uh, you know, it's very interesting. I mean, people just don't realize how lucky that guy is. I mean, he beat cancer. Um, 
the injuries he's had and, and everything else to still be able to go and race. People are going to love that interview. You had a chance to talk to Levi and Tammy Yetter, and uh, they kind of talked about their plans for 2024. Uh, what did you find most interesting in that interview? When you think of PRI, you think of young drivers going, and they're going with their dad. And it just goes to show you, I don't know if everybody's familiar, Tammy Yetter is um, Kenny Sheldonbrand's sister, and Big Ken Sheldonbrand is his daughter. And, you know, she kind of runs the uh, racing in that aspect of it in the family. And uh, it was interesting to get to talk to a mom who see her side of the racing. Coming from a racing family, like I said, her dad raced, her brother races, and now her son races. And she's probably most nervous when her son's racing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's your own, that's your own flesh and blood right there. You talked to a good combination there with Dem- Devin Moran and Roger Sellers. A little bit about, it, a little bit about that interview. It was very interesting. Um, Roger Sellers, he owns a racetrack. He owns a dirt late model team. And they struggled for years on the Lucas Series. And the uh, past couple of seasons, they uh, partnered up with Hudson O'Neill. And then when Hudson left, um, Devin Moran was offered the ride. And it was just interesting to see Roger Sellers, not a young person, but I call it the odd couple, seeing an experienced car owner and a guy who owns a racetrack and successful businesses teaming up with all these young guns and got the opportunity to talk to him. And it was very interesting to see. We talked about um, this year what happened in 2023 with the Lucas Series, and his former driver finished first in the points, Hudson O'Neill, and his current driver finished second, and he took a lot of pride in that. He has a good good way of picking drivers. Now, uh, Trevor Zuver was one of your interviews, and he took over for his dad with the ULMS, and I'm hearing a lot of good things about that series. That series is definitely up and coming, and I was was almost teasing him. I said, the ULMS has got all these young guns like... um, Tyler Emery, their champion. Ryan Montgomery. Uh, Drake Troutman picked up a win with him at Lernerville. And even if you look in 2022, Jared Molly was the champion. And I said, your slogan, you guys really need to consider this, making tomorrow's champions today. Good quote. Yeah. And you, you did get to talk to Drake Trout. Drake. And, um, yeah, that kid just impresses me. He's been racing for about seven, seven years now and comes from a racing family, but unfortunately some tragedy we lost drake's dad dj and dj's dad dave is kind of overseeing uh drake's racing development but he graduated high school and they sent him out on the road they're like what you want to do we can help you and maybe you can make it to that next level and like i said when drake troutman pulls into a pit whether he's driving an e-mod or a super late you got to consider him one of the top um contenders for a win you mentioned the ULMS champion, Tyler Emery. A little bit about him. You know, Tyler's another one. He picked up his first ever super late model win this year at Marion Center. Then he kind of was flying under that radar. I mean, for those of you who don't know, he drives for Pete Cameron and the Mann's family. And that 72 is one of the premier rides down in Maryland and Virginia. Um, guys like David Williams won Potomac championships in the car. Um, Jason Covert, I mean, he won races all over the place. And probably about five, six years ago, they headed down to Florida with Covert behind the wheel. And um, they went to Georgia, 
and they left Georgia being the world of outlaw point leaders. So, I mean, you know right there, that's a heck of a team. And um, in 2022, Pete named Kent, um, Tyler as one of his drivers, along with Covert, and they brought they kept Covert in the tutor. I mean, this year they kind of let Tyler go on his own, and uh, he picked up the Appalachian Speed Week Championship and the OMS Championship and picked up his career first super late model win. One of your interviews that I found interesting was Jordan Anderson. A little bit about him. Jordan Anderson is that little guy who can. He started out in the truck series, and, you know, I pay attention to stuff that makes people unique. And you go, even in the truck series, those guys all got the 18-wheelers. Well, Jordan Anderson's going to the races in a 40-foot gooseneck trailer with a dually in front, and he picked up some good runs, mainly at Daytona. He had a couple top five finishes himself driving in the truck series. Well, in 2023, he ended 2022 in a bad wreck at Talladega. He actually caught on fire in the truck and had some bad burns and kind of reevaluated his racing and decided he wanted to step out of the driver's seat every week and take a managerial role with his team. And they fielded two cars in the Xfinity Series. And when they went to Talladega, you got to realize the last race in 2022 in the fall, he's leaving that track late flighted. And in the spring Xfinity race, he got to go to Victory Lane as a car owner for the first time. And you talk about redemption. I mean, you couldn't script that better if you made it into a movie. That's an amazing story. And you had... uh uh, half a dozen other interviews that we're going to have to play in the January show. But I thought it was interesting. Red Fight was there. I guess he was your chauffeur, bodyguard, uh, whatever you want to call it. But he was just amazed at the things that you would say in these interviews. It's like, how's he doing that? He doesn't have any notes. You know what? It's a lot of those guys, I, I study racing and, um, you, you never know, when you're at an event like PRI, you never know who's going to be around that corner, and you just want to have some sort of base information and expand off of that. I mean, I don't, when I do an interview, I kind of do it reversed. I'm like, don't worry about this tape player. It's just me and you talking, and there's nothing that we can't go back and, and change, and try to take them, lead them to a path, and let them take us the rest of the way. And like I said, just being a race fan, I remember that about Jordan Anderson, because it was kind of neat. You see, even in in the truck series, you had that NASCAR Cup Series dropping down into there with Kyle Busch Motorsports. Toyota's using as a driver developmental program. Chevrolet doing the same thing. And then you got Jordan Anderson, just kind of liked him because he was just showing that you don't need to have the big rig. You can do it as a smaller team, and you got to pick your battles. Some tracks are going to do really good, some you're not. And I just remember when he got those top threes at Daytona, it was like, just remember that stuff. I don't know why. It's just kind of inspirational, the little guy that can. Well, you bring up bring up a good point. When was the last time you saw one of those double stacker trailers in Victory Lane? You don't, but I, I mess around with trailers and always crash me up. People guys, guys will be like, well, trailers don't win a race. I'm like, you're right, but it gets all the equipment that you need to the track. Good point. And I, 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 I see their point, but, again, it was just kind of neat, like I said, just following Jordan, and he never had 
and still doesn't have brand new equipment. I mean, he has good equipment, obviously, but they make the most out of what they have. And Jeremy Clements is another one who uh, I, I kind of root for those. I don't want to say underdogs because I'm not trying to take away from what they have, but they don't have the stuff that some of the other teams have. Well, Howie Bayless, I want to compliment you on an excellent job. And like we said, the interviews that wouldn't fit in this week's show will be on our January program. And I want to thank you, and I hope you have a nice Hanukkah and a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And you know what, Don? I want to thank you. I mean, I've been a fan of yours for a long time. I can remember... uh, calling in on the show when it was live on Saturday afternoons and um, I would win those Crivelli uh, Chevrolet gift certificates or Cozell Auto Parts. And um, you know what? Yeah, you took me under your wing, and I really want to thank you um, for giving me the opportunity to be a co-host and um, for running my interviews. And I want to wish everybody a great holiday season. I hope um, 2023 was... Um, the best year could be for everybody else, for everybody. And I hope and pray that everybody has an amazing 2024. I thank you. You have a nice evening. Same to you. And uh, thanks for what you do to promote racing, Don. This is the Banker Bob Thought for this evening. Remember, the office Christmas party is an excellent opportunity to catch up with people you haven't seen for 20 minutes. It's also an excellent opportunity to tick off your boss by saying something stupid because you had too much punch. Hi, everybody. Tyler Harris here with Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, and we hope that all of our Jewish friends and listeners had an enjoyable Hanukkah. Have a happy new year, and we can't wait to see you all in 2024. listeners joining us now the voice of pittsburgh's pennsylvania motor speedway tyler harris how are you i'm doing well don happy uh happy holidays to everybody listening uh but man thanksgiving was great uh off season's here but man it's as busy as ever uh, over here at imperial we're having a good time in the off season getting everything ready for 2024 would it be appropriate to let people not, uh, know that you're not full-time for 2020 landscaping and uh, the speedway yeah, yeah, that was uh, something that took place uh, shortly after the season came to an end last year. Uh, Blair Crest asked me to come on board full-time with him, uh, working for his primary company, 2020 Landscaping and Tree Service. Uh, they offer landscaping and tree services and commercial snow removal around the Crafton, uh, Ingram uh, locations and throughout the Pittsburgh market. 
Uh, and then also, too, just the ability to work on uh, stuff for Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, too, while the uh, while the offseason's here and things need put in place. So, um, yeah, it worked out pretty well. It's working out really well, and I'm, I'm really happy and really excited about that position. Well, the two smartest things he ever did was buying the track and then hiring you to help out with all the things that are going on because I see all the things that are new, and it's just amazing. You know, we talk about uh, the season, the 2023 season was pretty historic. Some of your thoughts on the bullet points that made it so different. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, let's go ahead and just frame in the reference of 35 past seasons that have taken place at the Speedway underneath the Miley Motorsports banner. Uh, you know, when they took over the track operations in 1989 and ran it for 35 consecutive seasons without closing, without changing ownership, uh, that was historic. You know, that's a that's a run that we have never seen in motorsports, in, at least in Western Pennsylvania. I'm sure maybe other racetracks throughout the United States have seen it. But uh, nonetheless, it becomes historic because of the transaction. The third owner in Speedway history uh, comes on board with Blair Crash Jr., uh, assuming the role of owner in, uh, what, July of 2023 and running the half season uh, entirely under his own operation. So, um, you know, going into the season, it's no secret that there was a lot of question marks, there was a lot of uncertainty, and um, in a matter of, what, six months, it's been a complete revitalization of that racetrack and of that speedway and how people kind of view it. And um, it's not just on our local level or, or, or in the regional level. Whenever you get reports back from PRI and RPM in Las Vegas that PTMS is, is happening, um, it, it's, it's pretty cool. It, it really is cool to see it on a national scale being discussed the way that it is. Well, people, they catch on. You know, the best advertising is word of mouth, and these people are all happy with what they're seeing, and they're telling everybody. And like you said, they haven't mentioned at PRI and the RPM workshops. That's where all the movers and shakers are. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to get out to one of those sometime. I know the one coming up here in February down in Florida is uh, coming up here, so we might be able to make it down there. Couldn't swing RPM. Hope to be there next year, especially for the uh, Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series ceremony there for the uh, points uh, championships. Uh, it'd be nice to be a part of that. Well, and something I noticed from all the years I went down there, the presentations are outstanding, but I call the carpet walkers. What you learn in between the presentations or sitting down with a cup of coffee with somebody that's a major player, it's incredible what you can learn. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that people just don't uh, don't really see. And uh, it'd be kind of interesting to allow people to kind of see back behind that curtain a little bit just to see how things really come together and come to fruition. And honestly, our 2024 schedule is a little bit uh, reminiscent of that in some instances. Well, the 29 race schedule on tap is highly anticipated, and we're looking at March 16th for a start date. Is that the earliest that Pittsburgh ever opened? As far as I'm aware, it is. Um, yeah. I know we've seen races start in, in April, uh, but I don't know if we've ever gotten to that March phase. Uh, definitely unconventional, but it, you know, you look at racetracks throughout Pennsylvania that do it. You see uh, Lincoln getting started there at the end of February with the Icebreaker event. You see Port Royal and Williams Grove also getting into that March starting dates, and you know, there's no reason why we can't at least try to. Obviously. Yes, the likelihood of these events getting in uh, are probably more unfavorable than favorable. But nonetheless, you strike a good 50-degree day that's been dry the week leading up to it, and we can get the racetrack ready and the, and the grounds are in good condition. 
let's go for it. Well, Don Martin, someone asked him about that many, many years ago, and he said, say I get a day in, and then the, there's bad weather for the next two or three weeks. What are, what are people going to talk about? They're going to talk about the day you got in. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. And hopefully it's that March 16th date, but Don, because that's, a, that's an incredible start-up to a season if I've ever seen one. St. Patrick's Day weekend, you've got the Fast on Dirt 410 Sprint Car Series, the ULMS Late Models returning to Pittsburgh for the first time since 2000, I believe, in 17, and then the SCDRA Northeast Sport Compact for the first time in series history visiting PPMS. So three really uh, impressive regional series that are going to be visiting PPMS on the same day. Uh, I really hope we get that show in because it, it will be one to talk about for a long time. Listeners, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Tyler Harris from Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. One of the things that kind of jumps off the page on your release is community. I'd like you to talk about that because some of the things that your team has done at the Speedway with the community are fantastic. It's no secret that the new owners made that pretty much their one of their primary focuses as soon as they got started and got involved and, and really took over control and operation of the Speedway was they wanted this to be an outlet for the community in some sort of fashion, whether it was just to simply provide entertainment or to provide support, as, as Tabitha Coppola so elegantly put. Um, that's really what it comes down to, is just letting people know that we're here and we're part of the community and we're here to serve them in some sort of way. Um, the Trunk or Treat event that we had back in October was a tremendous success, uh, unbelievable success. We just had our first uh, or inaugural Race to Christmas tree lighting event. Um, not a huge turnout for that event, but nonetheless, uh, not so much quantity but quality. The kids that did come, the families that did come, truly enjoyed themselves. You could see it. Kids loved it, um, and that's really what it comes down to. So as we continue to progress as the, at the racetrack, we're going to be introducing things like an Easter egg hunt coming up on Sunday, March 24th. We're going to be doing touch of trucks. We're going to do vendor shows and get more involved within the community as well, not just at the racetrack, but taking the racetrack and some of its amenities out to the general public with uh, other touch of truck events, with car shows, with parades. Um, stuff like that is really important to us, and we value that extremely much uh, moving forward. So you're going to see a lot more PPMS throughout these surrounding communities. Well, fun is a good thing. There's no way around it. And, and if the kids are having fun, that's going to translate into mom and dad wanting to be around more for additional fun. Yeah, yeah. We're trying to find a way to continue to have that fun uh, during the races as well. Let's let's face the facts, Don. Uh you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes sometimes for a kid who's really not all that interested in racing is about the most you got. Uh, and sometimes they just kind of lose interest and they're done. So if we can find other ways, either through the, the sport of racing, to continue to uh, engage their interest, then that's great. But if we can't, so long as we can provide other outlets of entertainment for them while they're there, the parents still get to watch the races if they trade on and off if possible, or they at least still get to be there. And the kids are having fun, and that's hopefully all they talk about is how much fun they had at the racetrack, regardless if they were watching the racing or not. So, um, But ultimately, the goal is to make it so that our shows are something special, no matter if you come on a five-division action event or the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series Pittsburgh presented by Big River Steel. Every event that you come to at PKMS should be just as important. One of the things I like was the mention of a swap meet. Some of your thoughts on that. 
Yeah, it's been highly uh, asked for. Uh, competitors and, and just car enthusiasts throughout our area as well. Uh, the lack of a, a big one, uh, besides Alton Butler, you know, every every year, that seems to be a pretty good, renowned one. But I think there is an opportunity there for, you know, the southwestern Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh market to have a swap meet. We have plenty of land out there. We have 219 acres. Well, let's use it. So uh, we wanted to try to fit one in last year. Unfortunately, it just kind of got to the point where we were trying to really just squeeze it together, and it just wasn't going to be very um, organized and structured. And we wanted to have a full year of really getting a good idea of what would go into getting it planned out and having it available. So we'll plan that throughout the year and hopefully get uh, a release as the one that will be here in the coming months. Fans, hold that thought. Tyler and I are going to need to take a break. We'll be back. Outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Man, it doesn't show signs of stopping. And I brought me some corn for popping. The lights are turned way down low. Let it snow, let it snow. When we finally kiss goodnight How I'll hate going out in the storm But if you really hold me tight All the way home I'll be warm And the fire is slowly dying And my dear, we're still goodbye But as long as you'd love me so Let it snow, let it snow All right, fans, we're back. We're talking to Tyler Harris from Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. I'd like to touch on the new additions, and there's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of new things coming to PPMS. I, and I, I say new sparingly because we've seen these things before, but it just might have been a long time. Uh, one of the ones that we're really excited about is the UEMS eMod Touring Series. Uh, I believe they just got at least... Uh, performance on board as their title sponsor there for the UEMS series. But Trevor Zuber's series will be returning to PPMS for the first time since 2013. And the E-Mods make their return to Dirt's Monster Half Mile for the first time since 2019. So uh, 3,000 to win show, that's nothing to shake your hat at. That's a very respectable purse uh, for the E-Mods. I think uh, with uh, where we have it in the schedule in early April there on Saturday, April 13th, should draw a lot of teams as well. A lot of racetracks that race Saturdays or even just race EMOS in general haven't really gotten started. So it's a good opportunity for the touring series to kick off their season. And the drivers who may not be touring that with that series but racing locally at a, another racetrack gives them the opportunity to come on down and try out PPMS for a show. Some of the most successful EMOD drivers in years gone by was uh, Daryl Charlier and his dad, Dale. They won a bunch of races. Yeah, and then you talk about uh, Larry Kugel as well. Uh, right. He made his return made his return to PPMS there in 2023 uh, in the Pro Stock Division, but uh, the all-time winningest driver in PPMS history has made a name for himself in the E-Mod. So the track was founded on that division, and it's great to be able to bring him back. BRP Modifieds are coming back. Yeah, that's something. Talk about, uh, you know, how I said, let's go ahead and peel the curtain back a little bit and kind of explain how things came to fruition. 
that show we talked back and forth with with the Baker family, but that tri- show really came to fruition within a matter of hours. Um, we found a date on the schedule, which Saturday, May 4th happened to be the date, and we went with it. And uh, within a couple of hours, it was the schedule was released with PPMS on it. So um, we're excited. You know, the big sweeping turns of PPMS really do provide a great racing surface for the uh, big block modifieds. Um, it's been a while since we've had them there, so uh, I think it's going to be a pretty good show, honestly. Um, and it's right there around Cinco de Mayo, too, uh, which I think we're having a nice little uh, event planned for that as well. So it should be a really nice date there on Saturday, May 4th. I like the name, the Ground Pounders or the Beasts of the Northeast. And there's an awful lot of good big block modified drivers that'll probably want to come down for that. Yeah, that's the goal, right? Uh, hopefully we see some of those drivers from maybe New York or Eastern Ohio make their way over there. Uh, but man, they have the, they have their, uh, they have the, a challenge in front of them with those Western Pennsylvania drivers. Uh, quality, quality drivers that always hold their own, even on a national level. So we're excited to see the, uh, the talented ground pounders make their way down the PPMS. I understand there's going to be a heat wave in August. It normally is, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Usually it gets hot around that time of year. But, uh, man, if, if, if the weather's not going to be hot, it's definitely going to be hot on the speedway there. Uh, super late models have been in high demand at the racetrack. There's no secret there. You talk about a division that helped build the speedway, the E-mods, but most certainly the super late models. Fans have been clamoring to have them back, and uh, they got them back four times this season. First off on March 16th with the ULMS uh, late models, there'll be a non-sanctioned show on Saturday, August the 10th for the Heat Weight 25. Uh, we're going to be paying a minimum of 2000 to win. However, a guaranteed starting spot in the $50,000 to win Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series Pittsburgh presented by Big River Steel is also on the line. So uh, plenty of incentive to make a, for a driver to make their way down to Pittsburgh if they want a guaranteed starting spot in the Pittsburgher. I can only imagine how many people are going to see that and say, whoa, we need, we need to get down and give that a shot because that Pittsburgher was big last year, big, big success, but it's going to be even bigger this year with the two days. Yeah, yeah, two-day show there, 10,000 to win on Friday night, 50,000 to win on Saturday night. You're part of a national, you've got the national spotlight on you because people are going to be wanting to see that elimination race to see who moves on to the next round to go down to East Bay for the next round of the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series chase for the championship. So uh, to be a part of that is such an honor. It was so cool to be the big four uh, cutoff race last year. To still be in it this year is great. Um, you know, how that kind of worked out with them going down to East Bay. It's East Bay's final year of racing. They wanted to give them the proper send-off, and we completely understand and respect their decision to do that. So, uh, yeah, they will be heading to East Bay. That'll be the final cutoff before heading back to Eldora for the uh, Third Track World Championship. But nonetheless, man, just to be a part of that uh, playoff format, it, it is a tremendous honor. We're talking to Tyler Harris from Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. One of the things that I thought was noteworthy, and, you know, a lot of times some tracks don't want to cooperate, but Marion Center did something pretty nice with their late models. Let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah, and I think, you know, Latrobe, Marion Center um, had, you know, they, they kind of like, Broke ground with that meeting, right? Where where uh, DJ Johnson and myself had talked at the Pittsburgher last year about 
ways that we can kind of talk a little bit more and work together a little bit more, if applicable, because at the end of the day, Saturday night racetracks, there's a bunch of them. Business is business, and you have to look out for number one. You have to look out for your racetrack. But if there are instances throughout the season where racetracks can work with one another uh, to benefit both parties, then let's let's seek those opportunities. So one of the opportunities came forth with Marion Center Raceway for us. They're going to have a Rush Late Model Touring Series race that night, I believe 3,000 to win, and they're also having a 358 uh, semi-late model uh, event as well uh, on that same night. So they were planning to run super late models in addition to all of that, and uh, with us running Rush Late Models for a weekly uh, show, we decided to just go ahead and make a trade and see what happens. You know, uh, we encourage our rush late model drivers to go ahead and, and participate in that race, but um, nonetheless, the we I, I hope the Marion Center would encourage their super late model drivers to come on down and and have us for a night. The nice thing is, overall, Dawn, we don't run these divisions weekly, these opposing divisions weekly. We don't run supers weekly. They don't run rush late models weekly, so we don't risk to lose anything in the deal. It's just hopefully a strict benefit for both sides. Seems like a really smart move. Let's talk about returning favorites. Yeah, yeah, the first one highlighted there on our uh, page, ppms.com. You go to the News tab and click on the uh, 2024 schedule release, uh, the Young Guns. Um, it's a division that we've really, uh, truly appreciated throughout the years since coming to fruition and back in 2005. Uh, they're going to be competing once again in the Choice for Change charity race. Uh, this event kind of came to fruition with Matt Kokolis and the Glassworks Hard Top Shop uh, out of Oakdale, Pennsylvania. They came to us and said, I think it'd be cool to do some sort of a charity race with these teenagers. Um, you know, Again, once the Young Guns division, the teenage division from uh, ages 13 to 19 years of age. Uh, so where what this happens for this is uh, funds are raised, uh, donations are raised, and the proceeds get donated to a organization that the winner of the race selects. Um, last year, we just kind of surprised um, the organization, the winning organization, which was the Veterans Leadership Program. Uh, this year, we're actually going to be inviting all of the selected um, organizations out to the racetrack for that night so they can celebrate with the driver in Victory Lane. One of the open wheel shows that people really like is the Western PA Sprint um, Series. Some of your thoughts on that? Yeah, five nights late last year, twenty twenty three, the first year that we got uh, since the uh, since the Speed Week was reborn under the uh, Speed Week director Tyler Beekner there. Uh, but we got all five nights of it in. Uh, we were part of the second night there, the Thursday night portion, and it provided one of the greatest sprint car races in PPMS history with a battle between Apollo's A.J. Flick and the Buckeye Bullet Dave Blaney, former NASCAR standout. And uh, it was great. And just to be a part of it again this year, again on that Thursday night spot, um, Thursday nights aren't the greatest night for racing, to be completely honest with you. But at the same time, you we want to be a part of it at any means necessary. So, um, we hope that the fans will come out and support it. We know the drivers will. It's always been a great show, uh, the sprint cars, anytime that they come. Uh, last year's show was great, even on a Thursday night, and I think fans will really appreciate uh, a, a Thursday night mix being added into our schedule. For 13 years, and it continues to get bigger every year, the Ed Laboon Memorial for the Pro Stocks. Some of your thoughts on that. Yeah, last year's event uh, was, I think, the first year in a while that it wasn't under the Penn Ohio Pro Stock Championship Series uh, touring schedule. 
but now this year it's back on it. And the reason why was just simply because it did not exist last year. Now it's back. Uh, role change was made for the pro stocks where they're allowed quick change rear ends now, which uh, highly controversial, discussed topic, but nonetheless a benefit to the drivers who utilize it because now they can choose to come to PPMS and not have to spend time laboring on their cars to do so. Um, so last year we had a field of uh, uh, very, very high-quality 27 race cars. I believe that was actually 28. I don't want to short uh, Vince there for <laughs> for uh, saying 27. It was 28 race cars, uh, but they were some of the best that Western Pennsylvania had to offer, and they put on a tremendous show. Uh, great one to watch. Tim Bish got the job done uh, and took home the championship belt. We'll see if he can't re-up this year and try to do it again, but whenever you got guys like Bobby Whitling, uh, Andrew Gordon, Chris Schneider, who show up, Christian Schneider too. Um, it's it's really difficult, and that is one to hang on your mantle. That's one to hang your hat on. It is one of the most prestigious pro stock events in all of Western Pennsylvania, and I would even battle for the United States for that matter. It takes place on Saturday, June 8th, and we couldn't be happier to have that every year. Tyler and I are going to need to take another break. We'll be back after a couple of messages. We're back talking to Tyler Harris from Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. One of my favorite races. I, I, I knew the man for years. He always helped me on my cars. He would paint them and he wouldn't charge me for them. The 35th annual Juke George Steel City Classic, July 29. Let's talk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Cletus Motorsports really pours his heart into this event, as as, as well as the George family as well. Um, they they each come together to put this event on each and every single year. Cletus really works his uh, tail end off pulling it all together with certain sponsorships. This year, uh, the presenting sponsor is All Interior Painting back for a second year. Um, it's, it's an electrifying must-see annual event, to be completely honest with you. Uh, last year's event, um, it gives me chills, honestly, every time I think about it, Dawn, on the four-wide salute, seeing all of these glow sticks in the air waving about. Um, I just haven't quite personally seen in person a four-wide salute uh, so special. And uh, I think this year it's only going to continue to get bigger, to be completely honest with you. Uh, we're seeing uh, the top regional drivers, the top local drivers, and we see international drivers make their way over to Pittsburgh to participate in this race because of not only the high 6000 to win minimum payout, but also the contingencies and the, and the bonuses that go in back to the driver's pockets for participating in this race. It's almost like no other. 
So it's worth the support, and I think the fans now see that as well. As they know, every year when the Juke comes, you're going to see a 40-plus field of cars. You're going to see some of the top stars in western Pennsylvania and beyond. And uh, it's a must-see event there on Saturday, July 29th. I cannot wait to have it again this year. I've told the story a hundred times, but I love it, so I'm going to tell it again. Juke buys his daughter a parrot for Christmas, and he wants to hide it. So he puts it in the closet on Christmas Eve. And the parrot says, it's dark in here. <laughs> so it wasn't a secret. I love that story. Oh, my gosh. Okay, the big, big, big one. The Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series 36th Annual Pittsburgher 100 by Big River Steel. It's kind of a unique uh, breakdown on the two nights. Let's talk. Yeah, uh, it's it's pretty crazy how that kind of all came to fruition there. Uh, you know, last year they we kind of discussed the opportunity of having the Pittsburgher back for two years. Um, didn't want to take it away from Raceway 7, right? Raceway 7 was always the night before the Pittsburgher, and then they come down to Pittsburgh from up in uh, up in Conneaut there and, and make their way down. Uh, the decision was made to bring the Pittsburgher back to uh, two night show, and and we're and we're tickled pink. We're we're thrilled that they were happy with uh, what we put on the show that we were able to produce uh, down there at Pittsburgh. They know uh, the the track runs very well. It's a very super late model friendly track, um, and and we, they trust us and we trust them. So it all worked out really well. Fifty thousand to win on Saturday night, uh, the richest purse in the history of PPMS. Um, and you know the other thing that we want to note too is 100. Um, the Pittsburgh has always been known as the Pittsburgher 100 for 100 laps. It's back to being the Pittsburgher 100. However, it is not a 100 lap A main feature event on Saturday night. Just to be fully transparent, uh, Friday night's feature portion will be 30 laps, and then the following night will be host to a 70 lap A main for a total of 100 A main laps of racing for the entire weekend. So. Um, the days of 100 lap features are just gone, unfortunately. Now, the third track world championship, sure, there are exceptions to that rule, but uh, whenever you get into the temperament of having to refuel these cars, it's just not safe, plain and simple, um, and, and that's just how it is. Now, could you put extended fuel cells in and it'll modify the rules? Yeah, but uh, that's just not an option that's going to be on the table, so... Uh, we're happy to reintroduce the 100 a format back to the Pittsburgher. It kind of flows again. It, it, it sounds right, and I think it truly encapsulates the fact of the matter that the Pittsburgher's back, and it is a crown jewel event again in the national series. So um, I think that people were thrilled to be a part of it last year, to be there. People that weren't there were really bummed that they weren't, and I think they're making plans to, to be back in uh, Imperial Pennsylvania uh, that first weekend of October on Friday, October 4th, and Saturday, October 5th. Well, I think the biggest problem was it was hard to find a seat. I mean, that's a nice problem. It's a tremendous problem to have. Uh, so how do we facilitate everything moving forward? Uh, and we're making plans now. We're getting ready. Uh, we're, not, uh, we're not taking this lightly. We know that we're going to have more campers. We anticipate a higher level of people coming to the event wanting to be a part of it. And that's just it, too, Don. It's not just a race. It's an event. And that's what we're going to continue to uh, operate this thing as. We want people to come and enjoy a weekend with racing and more. And that's what we're going to continue to facilitate. So uh, it, it's just it's something like no other. And I, I, I am so humbled to hear the words last year, the Pittsburgher is back. Um, it kind of just 
puts a chill right up my spine just thinking about it and talking about it right now. But I, I truly believe that that is correct because not only is it the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, you've got the Rush Late Model Touring Series, Bill Hendrick Memorial, which, uh, I mean, if you ask some people that watch that race, they would say that that race was better than the Lucas Show, and, uh, and they might be right. On top of that, too, we didn't even talk about the Bob Walters Memorial presented by Big Daddy Donuts. It's become the welcome tradition of the Pittsburgher weekend. Uh, this will be the third annual running of the event. The Penn Ohio Pro Stocks will be back on the card for a minimum of $1,042 to win on Friday night only. It'll be a streamlined event with two heat races and a feature event. So uh, the big three are back on the Friday night of the Pittsburgher, and then the big two on Saturday night. Uh, going to make for a tremendous weekend of racing. Bob Walters, one of racing's really good guys. We lost him too soon, but boy, he was a, a big part of local racing, an outstanding engine builder, and he's missed by many. Um, how about the uh, schedule now? If somebody wants to get into all the details, let's talk a little bit where they can find their schedule. Yeah, uh, ppms.com is always your one-stop shop for information and, and resources and more, including uh, or involving the racetrack. So just head on over to ppms.com forward slash schedule. It'll give you a full rundown of the graphic there. Now, if you do want a printer-friendly version, there is one available on that same website. Please don't try uh, printing out the dark black uh, background um, uh, uh, schedule. You're running out of computer ring. Just, just <laughs> download and print out the uh, printable schedule. Do yourself a favor, and you'll notice all of the other events that we have going on. We race, we race weekly from March through October, uh, and other big events sprinkled in there as well that we didn't even get the chance to mention on, including the Herb Scott Memorial, which this year will be four thousand dollars to win, which is a bump up from what it has been in years past. Uh, we're also going to have the Boss Wingless Sprint Cars back on June 29th. Uh, we're going to have 410 Wing Sprint Cars back on July 13th, which there will be some more information coming in regards to that event, uh, hopefully in the near future. So mark your calendars for Saturday, July 13th, involving Falcone's Moon Township Automotive 410 Wing Sprint Cars. Uh, the Blue Collar Brawl coming up on Saturday, August the 31st, with the Fast on Dirt 410 Sprint Car Series. Uh, other big events include Free First Responder Night on September 14th, the Sport Compact Shootout on Saturday, September the 21st, Autograph Night on Saturday, July the 6th. Uh, for a full breakdown of what's to come, though, ppms.com forward slash schedule. Well, no matter what the fans' favorite is, there's something going to be available this season for whatever they like. And that's amazing. I mean, across the board, all the different venues, that's outstanding. Yeah, yeah, we're excited. Uh, man, I, you know, one of them I'm really excited about, too, to be honest with you, Don, is on Saturday, September the 7th, we're going to have a Burke's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so things are going to get real messy, real sloppy there. Uh, we're going to see, I think we're going to put a challenge out there for Blair Crest. If somebody can out-eat Blair Crest in a five-minute com uh, timed competition, they might earn some free tickets or something. So <laughs> uh, we're going to have fun with it. But Blair's kind of skinny. How could he win a hot dog eating contest? Well, I tell you what, uh, he he can put it down. He can put down the food, and he can put it down fast. Yeah, uh, it's 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 pretty impressive. He eyes it very well. <laughs> you know, every day I learn something new, and that's new. Well, we've covered about thirty minutes of good stuff. Is there anything else that we need to add? Well, there's a bunch, a bunch more coming here soon. Um, there's stuff being put into works and getting put into fruition, but for the most part, the schedule is done, and that's how it's going to remain, I, I, at least I hope. Uh, maybe a couple more additions here and there, but 
Uh, things are set in stone. Probably some more news between now and opening opening weekend there in, in March. Uh, we're going to have a couple of tests and tunes on the schedule there to start off the month of March as well on Saturday, March 2nd and Saturday, March 9th. Uh, so those are on the schedule, too. And just for, so that everybody knows, too, our March shows, those are going to be special start times of 12 p.m. So uh, we're going to start during the daytime. We're going to run during the daytime because it's just going to get too cold at night to be able to, to facilitate racing. So, um, But, yeah, a full breakdown available on ppms.com, and uh, we are going to be switching over to the My Race Pass format, too. So our schedule will be available on that platform here in the near future. Uh, but we're excited to get underway with the 2024 season, Don. Well, Tyler, I thank you very much, and we can cover all the new stuff on our January show. How's that sound? Uh, that sounds like a plan, as long as you got another 30 minutes. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll make time. All right, Tyler, thank you very much. This is Dave Oliveri. I'd like to wish all our Jewish listeners a happy Hanukkah. For our next segment, we're going to share Ryan Blaney's acceptance speech at the NASCAR banquet. Ryan is such a gentleman, an ambassador for the sport. The people from Ohio are lucky to have Ryan as the 2023 NASCAR champion. Thanks everyone for being here. I really appreciate it. Uh, congratulations to Ben and Cole. The Thorsons, Gene Haas on your championships. Um, thank you guys for being here tonight. So hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. I'll try to keep this fairly short because I know uh, I'm excited to get out on the town just as much as you guys. So we'll, uh, we'll get it going. So um, yeah, just amazing year. Congratulations to all the teams, drivers, owners, sponsors on a 2023 season. I mean, it flies by really quick, um, but you know, it's a big grind, like everyone says, and, and uh, it takes a lot of people uh, to put it all together. So I know we're all competitors and we don't agree on the track a lot of times, uh, but it is a true honor to race with the best in the world uh, on a weekly basis, and, and I do appreciate that. Uh, so uh, it's incredible. I look back on 10 years uh, when I walked in to, to meet RP and, and Tim Sindrick in 2012, and um, you know, there's so many people that I have to give thanks to, and uh, there's so many people that are involved that gives you opportunities throughout your career growing up uh, that, that I have to thank. So... I'll kind of jump right into that. So first of all, I want to thank, obviously, my dad. Um, they are there, all right. Um, you know, obviously, I, you know, growing up watching dad race, um, that's just what I wanted to do, and, and I wanted to be like my dad, and, um, you know, super lucky to, to be able to see it at a young age and, and kind of just get the whole spectrum, you know, of, of seeing what it was like as a driver, seeing how teams operated. Um, you know, Kevin, I was going to get to you later, but congratulations on a great career but uh you know i look it's kind of freaking me out because like i remember when i was keelan's age with my dad at driver intros and i was meeting all you guys and now it's kind of it's made me feel really old and uh seeing keelan at driver intros and him racing now it's kind of reminds me of when i was his age but um you know obviously my mom is a huge mvp she might take the mantle for that because i, I think everyone in here knows i think mother sacrificed the most uh, for young kids doing their sports growing up, um, making sure that, that you're where you need to be on time. Uh, I have two amazing sisters, Emma and Aaron. They're happy to be here tonight. I'm, I'm happy to have them. And uh, my biggest supporters growing up, and still to this very day, my beautiful girlfriend, Gianna. Uh, it's been an amazing ride, huh? It's, it's wild that we're here right now and looking forward to, to many years to come. So I love you very much. I really wish my grandpa could be here to see this. And uh, 
share it with my dad, so thank you. Um, Tommy Baldwin. Uh, Tommy was a, a, an amazing guy, and um, you know, so Tommy gave me my first start in 2012 when Dad was running cup cars for him on the Xfinity side, and that opened up a ton of doors. I'm, I'm hoping Tommy is doing the best he can right now, and hope to talk to him very soon. But you know, driving for Tommy, that led me to get talking to Brad Keselowski in 2012 after a, an Xfinity race at, at Kentucky, I believe it was, and uh, opened the door for me to drive trucks for him, opened the door for, you know, the Penske deal, you know, in Xfinity, and um, just amazing that I got an opportunity at, at that time, and uh, I will always be thankful for Brad uh, for doing that, and Wayne Setterington, Jeremy Thompson at BKR, amazing people that worked at that race shop, um, and that was such a, such a great truck team. Um, the Wood Brothers, Eddie Len, Leonard, uh, Glenn, you know, driving for you all from 2015, 2017 was uh, an absolute dream. Uh, I grew up loving your family, your team, and to be able to drive for you guys for a few years was a, an absolute dream come true. To get my first win with you guys at Pocono was, was unbelievable, and um, to be a small portion of, of the wins that you've had, to get you your 99th win, just to be a small portion of that uh, is always so special, and, and to be a part of your family, even though I'm not driving for you anymore, is, is always special. And you know, Eddie gave me a, a coin, uh, they do the challenge coins every year. So Eddie gave me a coin before the race, and, and I think it was good luck. It was Glenn's coin, and um, I definitely think it brought us luck <laughs> during that race. So looking forward to you guys getting, getting number 100. So um, Roger and Kathy Penske, thank you guys. Uh, it's, it's Like you said earlier, it's hard to believe it's been over 10 years since we first met, and nothing more as a kid I wanted to do than to win you a championship and just be successful because I was such a big fan of you, not only in NASCAR, but in every form of motorsport, and just had such a huge respect for you and what you did, and, and that you stuck with me for over 10 years has been unbelievable, and I'll always be thankful for that. So to be able to do things, uh, to accomplish things that you haven't accomplished yet, to be a part of that, winning the 600 and the 500 the same year, winning back-to-back -back championships, to be a part of that is just so special. Um, and, and amazing, amazing people that I have to thank too, you know, Greg Penske, Walt Zarnicki, Tim Sindrick, Bud Danker, Mike Nelson, Jonathan Gibson, Travis Geiser. I mean, all those, all those folks uh, have given me such great opportunities and have stuck with me for so many years. I'll never be able to thank them enough, and I guess this is the best way to thank them. So um, I guess I'll get into our partners now, right? John Menard. John Menard is here. Uh, John has been an amazing person, the whole Menard family. Um, we've been together since 2018, and it's been a fun ride uh, for all you've done in motorsports and your amazing life. Um, it's a pleasure to be able to be partnered with you, and to bring you the, the ultimate sports pinnacle is, is amazing, and I uh, look forward uh, to the years to come. So thank you and your family. Ford Performance, Ford Motor Company, uh, you guys are, are unbelievable. Uh, it's been a, a, a pleasure to be with you. Uh, for over 10 years with the Blue Oval family. Um, congrats on two, to two, two for two with the next gen with Joey and myself. And uh, super congrats on, on sweeping the weekend and look forward to the Dark Horse Mustang next year. Rush H Engines, Doug Yates, you have the impossible job of trying to get bottom end and top end when drivers complain about wanting both. And I think every engine manufacturer will agree with me. You have an unattainable goal, but you stick with us and I, I really appreciate it. And congratulations to you. Uh, body Armor, Advanced Auto Parts, Index Imaging, Worth. Tom O'Neill is here tonight, so thank you for being here, the Worth family. Discount Tire, um, won my first race with them in 2013 with Team Penske, so that's a lot of fun to, to do it again 10 years later at, at Martinsville. Wabash, Dent Wizard, uh, just amazing partners. So where's my 12 group at? Where are my guys at? Over there? 
make noise there and back there. You guys are rock stars, man. You guys are unbelievable. Um, it's been so much fun to work with you guys, you know, the last handful of years. Um, it's been fantastic, and uh, you guys deserve it just as much as me. Jonathan, uh, second year together. It's been a fun ride so far. We've been awesome to win some races together. I remember when we sat down and had a beer at King Canary and tried to figure out what we were going to do, and uh, it's cool that what we've done, so good job. It's, uh, it's amazing, man. Daniel Lynch, my interior guy, I did want to shout you out last year on the road. Congrats. Looking forward to your next chapter. Hopefully you can relax a little bit, probably a little bit more beer drinking time on the weekends. Um, yeah, I wanted to talk about our summer struggles. Um, you know, and uh, Jonathan talked about it a little bit beforehand that we started off the year fairly decent and won the 600, and then we had two or three really bad months. And uh, it was really, really easy to throw in the towel, call it quits for everyone on this group, everyone at Team Penske who were struggling. Uh, but they didn't do that. They dug down and they figured out what we needed to do to be better. And that's a group that I'm super proud to be with. Those are the people you want to surround yourself uh, with. It's people who don't complain and, and just get down and, and, you know, they just put the work in. And, and we have amazing men and women who do that. Over 400 employees at Penske, 72,000 worldwide. They, they did the work and uh, they didn't get down. They just figured out the problem and, and came up with a solution. So this is as much your championship as it is mine. Um, I took a couple really hard hits this year, um, so I appreciate AMR and, and UPMC, Dr. Mickey Collins and, and the NASCAR medical staff for, for helping me out. Um, you, guys, you guys really helped me out. I was a lot worse than, than what I seemed, and, and you guys really, uh, really did an amazing job, so thank you. Uh, also, NASCAR officials, all the NASCAR personnel, um, you know, Lisa, Ben, Jim, unbelievable, Mike Helton, it's amazing to share this with you, so thank you for, for what we do. Looking forward to many years to come. Thank you to fans. Uh, and one thing I want to close out with, sorry I've been going a long, uh, long time, but uh, so my dad told me a funny, a neat story about when we started the playoffs. Uh, you know, my dad, for you guys who know my dad, he's a very reserved guy. He doesn't talk very much. And, um, you know, he was kind of the, uh, you know, I, I started saying I wanted to be like my dad growing up. And uh, as a kid, I think you just want to make your parents proud. And uh, so I, so when he started kind of being my motivational speaker, like through the playoffs, like he, he was telling me the story about the path. He sees the path to the championship. And, uh, you know, he was visualizing this path that we could go on this run and, and make this championship run. And the first few races, I was like, ah, you know, it's, it's dad saying dad stuff, you know. But as we kind of went on, I started believing it more and more. And, um, you know, we, we won Talladega, and he said, the path's getting bigger. We won Martinsville. He said, the path lit up. And uh, I guess we, we got through the gate at Phoenix. So um, just, just unbelievable. I, uh, you know, dad's uh, motivation, his talk, his help uh, is, is super cool. He visualized it and um, took me a while to believe it. But, uh, you know, fortunately we all did and, and it's here now. So sorry for uh, the long speech. I kind of lost track of time. But thank you guys for being here. Enjoy your Christmas. We'll look, uh, look forward to seeing you guys in L.A. in 24. We do have a toast that we do at Team Penske um, to close off the night something kind of a tradition whenever we win races over there. So to us and those like us, cheers. Have a good night.
Hi, this is Lenny Batiki, wishing you a season of blessings, a happy festival of lights, and most of all, a happy Hanukkah from all of us at Rappin' on Racing. Race fans, I have the honor now to interview the GOAT of Dirt Late Model Racing, driver who's won every big name racer is. He's built cars. He's driven his cars to victory. He had other drivers drive him to victory. Mr. Scott Bloomquist. Scott, welcome to Rappin' on Racing. Thank you. Good to be here. We appreciate you taking time out of your PRI schedule for this uh, interview. Um, last year, we had some excitement towards the end of the year when we heard you're getting back behind the wheel. And uh, unfortunately, an accident in the race shop kind of prevented your performance as you injured your foot by a piece of steel falling on it. But being the driver you are, you still went out and tried to race. Yeah, that was uh, two days before we went to Eldora. And it was it broke four bones in my foot and and smashed it with a 105 pound uh two inch thick piece of steel that slid off the countertop and i really didn't know if i didn't cut the end of my foot off i mean it was such a extreme deal but we you know i've lived with enough pain in life and endured enough that i you just kind of grab it and growl and keep on digging uh but then eldora got really rough and you know we hot lap we were second I think uh, we're all hot lapping, and then it got rough, and there was it just I couldn't do it. I knew I wasn't going to be able to follow through. I knew it was going to get nothing but rougher, um, or more rough, excuse me. But uh, we we got through, you know. Tried to make an effort of that, but then there was you know we had Charlotte coming up, and decided to go ahead and give that a go. Uh, foot had healed up some still nothing I would come off the racetrack and go right into my rig and lay down and get my foot elevated um, still had a big open sore where the the corner of the steel had smashed the skin and killed all the skin around the broken bones and that's been a tough recovery it's been seven weeks now and now you know I'm walking through the show just fine everything's healed up good uh, and we're walking through here because we're planning on gearing up and doing some racing again and looking at not not racing in Florida, but starting in March. Uh, I know there's a big big event at Bulls Gap coming up, but from then on, we've really looked out, looked at, and wrote a schedule that's still tentative. Uh, some of them have double dates on them because we're not sure which one we'll go to, but it almost covers the rest of the season. So, with that, and then they uh, look at it running maybe there's modified races. There's some couple of real big ones that we're looking at doing. It looks like we're going to be real busy again, and hopefully, you know, I think after Charlotte going there and setting fast time, it surprised a lot of people. We ran, had a good run on the Friday night show, um, and after not racing all year, you know, I think we we came out showing that we are far from done, and then still, still plan on winning a lot of races. Scott, you've done so much in the motorsports industry, let alone your driving accolades. You built the Bloomquest Suite chassis, and that chassis made the career of drivers such as uh, Jimmy Owens, obviously Scott Bloomquest, and it brought Rick Eckert. Shane McDowell has been, and uh, McDowell's have been running them lately, and they're still winning with them. Do you enjoy the competition side, or do you enjoy the engineering side, and building a chassis and do you take pride in 
if a Bloom Quest chassis wins, or do you just look at it as another car to compete against? No, no, you absolutely. There's some pride in it, you know. I mean, I know Rick Eckert. I think he's won the biggest race of his career in our car, and I know Terry Phillips won the biggest race of his late model career in our car. Um, you know, we've had a lot of different drivers. Jimmy Owens had tremendous success in our cars. You know, I. I have always picked and choosed really who I wanted to work with or sell cars to still going to continue doing that, uh, doing that through letting Shane McDowell, you know, he runs parts. Anybody needs anything, they could get, get them through him. Uh, been going through the show here, just discussing tubing and different things to be, I'm needing to, I'm wanting to get a couple more cars put together for myself. Uh, and, Look at who we might want to work with here in the future, along with the ones that have continued racing our stuff in the past. Uh, that that part of it, I've always told people, I enjoy testing and designing and testing the stuff and the ideas you have and going and, and seeing results and knowing that you've you've picked up some, some gains. And it's always good to keep an older car around. Uh, you know, Devin owns one of my car, the only car actually right now that that we're racing and to keep that car and always have it as when you build something new you take can take them both and test and can and test against your old car uh, but our cars have always been kind of timeless uh there's cars from 2015 that are still winning races there's i think the uh, chris ferguson another one you know it's had a lot of success in our car uh, they've got a cars getting getting fixed right now want a new car uh you know he, you know having having some good guys you know dale mcdowell the success he had this year and has had every year um you know they race out of a shop right beside mine and my father's and and we communicate quite a bit i've kept my finger on the pulse of racing really really close um you know been in a lot of garages and around a lot of races and just try to keep up with what's current what's going on and uh and that's what enabled us to come out and and be good enough to be fast time and uh have a good run at at charlotte uh friday you know and then make saturday show obviously and uh just just shows the wrong tires for the feature but anyway we're we weren't sure where we would be at when we showed back up at a race and i that gave me a good feel Things haven't gotten out of touch. As you get more uh, older, and you're probably contemplating at some point you're going to hang up the helmet, would you want to team up with a young driver such as Ferguson and maybe make him the house car driver? Or do, you, do you have your eyes on anybody young that you could see doing that too. Because like I said, seemed like you, you made some careers. Jimmy Owens. Another one, Brandon Overton. When he first started in the Supers, he was trying for Troy Baird, and I believe they had one of your cars. And, you know, that kind of put Brandon a little bit on the map. And it seems like you excel with these younger drivers. Yeah, you know, they're, they're not usually too hard to work with. Uh, you know, they all usually will be sitting there eager to absorb and some you know you can spot guys you think have talent it's hard to really find them that appreciate what you do do with them so it's a difficult balance balancing act i guess um you know right now there seems to be a trend of people wanting to dig up my older cars and copy them and 
and put their names on it and take and, and maybe even sell them to the public and or erase them themselves. Uh, I know Brandon had an old car of Wells's that had never been raced that they got updated, you know, without my permission, but got updated and uh, raced at Charlotte. And so, you know, that that's something that when they don't ever reach out to you and they try to reach all around you, a little disappointing. You know, let's say, I mean, let's say, I mean, let's say maybe, yeah, it might hurt your feelings a little bit, but yeah, it kind of pisses you off a little bit too. And uh, it's a lot easier to trace than draw in this life and that everybody loves just claim that they drew when all they did was trace. So either way, you know, you just keep digging and we go forward and look towards designing, working on new stuff and getting better and not going back and digging somebody's skeleton out of the grave and uh, trying to say that they were that person. Well, we're talking now about looking in the future, and uh, I know it takes a lot of money to help. And Scott Bloomquest Racing this year, you guys um, partnered up with a guy out of Florida. Why don't we go ahead and, and talk about um, your new sponsor? Yeah, I mean, he's a friend and a sponsor, and he and and actually, you know, uh, you know, own pretty much owner. Uh, you know, we got. I mean, Devin Jones has been a friend and had race cars and and was racing cars that cars he got from me, uh, having a great success and and just ended up having an accident that set him back and, and his, t- took him out of competition at, years ago. He's missed racing. We just happened to just cross paths again, and and uh, he forgot how much he was really missing it. So he's actually getting to to be involved in racing again in a way that, uh, even though he'd rather be driving, this is the second best thing. Uh, he's had, you know, he's done well enough, you know, with his business and other things he's done that that is enabling him to be able to support and be a part of the My Race program. Uh, he's excited as anybody I've ever seen right now about doing all he can to, to help us get back on top again, which I don't think will take a lot. Well, on behalf of all the Scott Bloomquest fans, we want to thank Devin for uh, – he made the statement. He pulled out tobacco and dug you back up uh, and, uh, you know – want to thank him i mean he's bringing back honestly the greatest of all time uh driver and race car builder one of the greatest yeah definitely i mean it, it's it's been a joy to work with him you know and i can't say enough for for ed petroff and hot rod septic who's been a part of it and are continuing to support us also you know the uh the the people there's a lot of people that have just kind of been waiting and and hoping uh, we'd get healed up. I, mean, I got to quit hurting myself. That's the number one thing. We were far from done if it wasn't for the motorcycle accident and and some of the other things that's happened. You know, I did go through prostate cancer surgery. Got through that now. Um, there's there's uh, you you don't sometimes realize that, you know lightning can strike at any time and everything come to a halt and it's. When you don't have an income, things go out quickly. And, uh, yeah, to, to have people that stay with you, support you, and, uh, and are willing to come and help you get back, you know, I can't say enough for those people. Um, Scott, you might want to contact a company called Outer Box. They make a protection a box to protect your iPhone. They're indestructible. We might want to get a 
body cast for you, Scott, to make you indestructible. <laughs> yeah, if, they, if they're interested, we'll give them a call. But, uh, yeah, there's, I, I tell you what, you can't get hurt if you're not doing nothing. So I'm a real busy person. I still have all the strength and energy in the world and feel I'm probably still in better shape than most of the people I'm racing against. And it's just a matter of the, uh, you know, I need to just quit having anything happen to me. I, I think everything that's happened up to now, we're ready to, to move forward. And it's time to uh, hopefully set a standard again of what kicking ass is. Hey, Scott, I appreciate your time. I want to wish you and uh, Devin and everybody as part of uh, Scott Bloomquist Racing a great holiday season, and I cannot wait to see that zero back on the track in 2024. Hey, thank you. I hope everyone else is looking forward to it, too. This is Lenny Baticki wishing all of our Rappin' on Racing listeners a Merry Christmas and a very happy new year. Race fans, right now we're going to grab a word with one of the young up-and-coming drivers in Western Pennsylvania, late model racing. A driver who this season picked up a career first win in super late models in only his third year of competition. And this driver, he didn't work his way up. He jumped right into a super, the pilot of car number nine, the Barry Wright Icon Super Late, Mr. Levi Yetter. Levi, congratulations on a great 2023 year. Thank you. I appreciate it. Now, I know talking to your parents, you had some big shoes to fill. For those fans who aren't aware, your uncle is former Lernerville track champion, Ken Sheldonbrand, and... Your grandfather used to race, Ken Sheldon Brand Sr., and that's actually where your number nine came from, but I know Cohen, you know, your parents basically said, you know what, he proved himself in the go-karts, and we're going to go to Lernerville, one of the toughest tracks to compete, and your parents took you there for pretty much half a season, and then after that season, they basically released you to the Hounds, and how big was it this year to get that career first win at Marion Center Speedway? Uh, it meant a lot. You know, just uh, from growing up around Marion Center area and uh, Lernerville, it meant a lot to be close to home to get that win, too, especially against my uncle and stuff, like you said, being such like a track champion at Lernerville. It's nice to get a win from that. From and you parlayed that win into a, a, a first-ever Super Late Model Championship, and 
you etched your name alongside your uncle. Not only a feature winner, but I believe Ken was also a former uh, Marion Center Track champion. I know he won championships at Lernerville, but to bring a championship to the Sheldabrand Yetter family. Yeah, it meant a lot. You know, just it, it's it takes a lot to win a championship. I mean, you got to be there competitive week in, week out, and show up, and really can't afford to have a bad race. So. To win that means a lot to our family just to show the work we put in. Now, I got to ask you, you dominated in the go-kart. How hard was it mentally? You didn't even have your driver's license, and here you are going around Lernerville Speedway and other tracks in western Pennsylvania trying to learn how to drive a race car before you even knew how to drive a street car. Yeah, it was, it was hard, and, uh, you know, going from 40 feature wins to none, was also hard but again i also had the perspective of knowing that the competition at Lawrenceville, like mike norris and alex free like those wins will hardly come even when i do get good enough to race with them you know well it's not even that i remember talking to your dad and your dad's like you know kind of a, a psychological per you know persona he's like i just don't want him to get discouraged you know yeah. going from dominating and he wants to race, but it's hard. You know, I mean, you're Uncle Kenny. I mean, there were years that he went winless. And then, you know, you got to find that right combination. And, you know, your dad was very smart, and your mom, too. They didn't throw you to the hounds with the biggest motor. They wanted you to learn how to drive a car, come in, tell your, your crew what it's doing, and then as you got better, your motors got better. Yeah, I think it helped uh, starting out with something not as powerful and stuff, you know, just learning the curve. Because, I mean, think about if you come in with a huge motor and you're just, like, brainless, you don't want to just go up messing with the guys up front and stuff, you know? And I want to give you props. Never once did I ever see it lose control of the car. Yeah, (laughs) you don't see that too often. Well, but you do because, you know what, it's so easy just to go out there and mash that throttle and point the car. And you're relying on your dad, you're relying on your mom, you're relying on Uncle Kenny, and the debriefings, I mean, you know, they made a hell of a race car driver out of you. (laughs) Yeah, I just can't thank them enough, you know. They gave me every opportunity I got, and uh, yeah. And we're actually going to ask your mom a question. What was it like going to the track, and you're from a racing family, like I said, your dad used to race, your brother raced, but what was it like? Sending your kid out there in a super late model to race against your brother. It's a whole different ball game, whole different experience. Um, it's a lot of fun, but a lot of nerves. And I got lucky enough that I had a lot of friends and family with a lot of support that sit beside me and deal with me holding on to them and screaming and yelling. And it's screaming and yelling and cheering for them and screaming and yelling because you're afraid that something's going to happen to them. So it, it's a lot of nerves. Yeah. Are you more nervous when it was your dad or your brother or your son out there on that track? Way more with my son. Yeah. Hey, I got to tell you, Levi, you got to watch. Sometimes your biggest uh, pit bouncer is going to be your mom. So always make sure mom's happy. Yeah, she's definitely the one that would. She's the one that everyone should be afraid of more than (laughs) anyone else on the crew. And how great is it to see your dad used to groom your brother Kenny when he was younger to get him into racing how is it great to see your husband grooming your son it's fantastic 
the relationship that he Levi has with the family, with all of us, and even like the the relationship he now has with his own father and my brother Ken, like has grown tremendously because of racing. And I think you know people don't don't realize how much um, racing like holds a family together. You know, he would rather spend time with us on the weekend racing than getting in trouble or drinking or doing anything like that. So give him time. Give him time. <laughs> No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Levi's very, very smart and level-headed uh, young man. I mean, you can't call him a kid. Um, but most importantly, I know Levi, he has a big heart, and he did something that surprised you last year. And you, I don't think, really knew about it until after it was done. Levi, who I, I'm not sure if you remember, if you had the opportunity to meet your grandfather, but he passed away. And you went and took it upon yourself that you wanted to make a tribute car to your, your grandfather. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, I, I kind of did that just of the thought that um, throughout the years of go-karting and everything, I kept my number nine. And uh, I just felt like since I selected that number, I feel like I should tribute once a year to us and our family. And, Mom, you didn't know about it, did you? I think, didn't they call you down in the garage and you opened up the door and saw what should have been a black side was white? Yep. I was actually kind of mad. I'm like, why are we going in the middle of the season, going from all black to all white? And they kind of looked at each other. And then that's whenever they gave me the thumbs up that what they were doing, which I'm glad they at least told me before we pulled it on the track because it was pretty emotional. But it's pretty special that we do that. And we do the memorial race for my dad every year. And that's all because of my son and my husband. So it's, it's greatly appreciated. I can just hear you now in the stands. There's some jag off running my son's number and <laughs> what the heck is this? Yeah. No, but I mean, it, you know, it's, it's great that Levi took it upon himself to go to his dad and say, you know what, I want to do this tribute car to Pap. And I, I can just see you're thinking about it now and almost tearing up. I do. I do. It means a lot, you know. Like, he never got to meet my dad, but I'm sure my dad's smiling down and very proud of everything he's accomplished. But just the idea that, he, you know, he has that for somebody that he's never even met and that connection to somebody he's never even met means a lot to me. And I definitely raised him right, so. I would say, I, yeah, you definitely had a lot to do with that. You and your husband should be very proud of your son, Levi, and your daughter. She's also a, a great young woman. You can't call her a girl, I, you know, I'm, She's a great trooper, that's for sure. That little girl grew up going to the go-kart track with all the boys and never complained. And, you know, she also does sports. She does volleyball, softball. But she makes sure that she doesn't miss a race. And she'll sell the merchandise for us. And she does all his videoing, like, when he's out on the track, which means a lot for him. Because when I video, the camera's going up and down, and all you hear is me yelling. So I think he appreciates his sister a lot during all this. Well, Levi... Now's a chance for you to go ahead and thank everybody who helped make 2023 not only the year you won your first ever feature, the year you won your first ever super late model championship. Yeah, I just want to thank uh, my family first and then uh, all my crew that's helped, Samuel, Jacob, and all them, and then uh, all my sponsors, Sportsman Supply and uh, CRS Contracting, Nature's Depot, Mr. Y Heater, 228 Auto Mall. And what are the plans for 2024? Uh, probably race for points for Larnerville and then Saturdays bounce around more, maybe try to hit more, a lot more UMS races and stuff. 
But uh, the big thing is, is that February we're going to try to go to East Bay. So. Are you sure you're, you're old enough to travel out of state? <laughs> I hope so. Hey, race fans, be sure to keep an eye on the Nature Depot. Car number nine, Animal Graphics, and uh, through the years you've had Flinter do your cards, and you guys always have an amazing-looking car. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, rocking around the Christmas tree at the Christmas party hop. Mistletoe hung where you can see every couple tries to stop. Rocking around the Christmas tree, let the Christmas spirit ring. Tyler Harris here with Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. We hope that everybody has a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and we can't wait to see you all in 2024. Race fans, here at PRI, we're going to grab a word with the Double Down Motorsports team owner, Roger Sellers, and his driver, Devin Moran. And, Devin, I talked to you at the Pittsburgh, and we were talking about what if, you know, you were in that battle for racing your way into the Final Four. You got it done. And I don't want to say it would have been a major upset, but, you know, you raced your way in the final race on the strength of the top five finishes you had to be one position away from winning the national championship at your favorite track. Well, probably besides the one that Roger owns, but Eldora Speedway. <laughs> I mean, could you just imagine a better 2023 besides getting married, obviously? Yeah, I mean, we you want to go out there and win every single night, so... Uh... I don't feel like we really hit our expectations, but, but we went out there and uh, we definitely had a really, really strong end of the year. Um, so we just keep getting better and better, and uh, we're hoping we can take that momentum and go straight into 24 like that. And you're saying straight into 24. We're already in December. Now, I don't know if you're doing the Dome, but really there is no off season. I mean, you you got lucky. You had to sneak in a, your own wedding and your brother's wedding, and, you know, in January we're – we're off to wild wild west racing yeah so i mean we got a little bit of time um i am going to the dome next week and then actually i'm going on my honeymoon to australia for a couple weeks but of course i'm racing over there so i can't go somewhere without racing but but we have a little bit of time here and uh the boys are back at the shop working really hard uh they'll all be dressed up with us tomorrow night at the the lucas oil banquet but uh yeah we'll, we'll be ready to go and, and roger for you what was it like you got your current sensation Devin Moran battling your former driver Hudson O'Neill and you know you definitely got an eye for for finding young talent oh yeah I mean it felt great really you know to have uh Hudson and and uh, Devin both of them are one and two you know so it was uh that was a special night for sure and Devin 2024 what are the plans I mean are you gonna I'd assume do the Lucas deal again and uh bounce around maybe hit some of the summer national races 
Uh, yeah, so we're definitely going to do uh, Lucas again. Uh, me and Roger's goals are, are the same. You know, we want to get a national championship or a national title. Um, other than that, we don't really know. Obviously, we'll do the Eldora races. Uh, we're going to do all the speed weeks. We'll, we'll hit the Volusias and, and do that and do the Golden Isles at the end of it. Um, but other than that, we're just kind of waiting on all the schedules to come out, and then uh, me and him and, and the crew guys will sit down, and uh, we'll come up with a schedule that we think fits us the best. Um, not overextend ourselves, but have a good schedule and go out and win a lot of money. You look around, and you got the Castro Series, XR, Lucas, World of Outlaws, and they're all big money races, championships. How do you sit down and figure out, as a car owner, Roger, what you want to attack? You know, I think it's what we've become accustomed to. You know, we enjoy really the people with Lucas. Not that we don't. You know, the people with World Outlaws, like Steve Francis, we're really good friends with Steve also. But we've enjoyed the the series with Lucas and, and the travels they make. We've become accustomed to the tracks that they take on and just the routine of it, you know. And we're accustomed to all of that. So it makes it easier for us, and we enjoy, you know, following Lucas. And, and Devin, this is the final year of East Bay, which is – we're going to say in the top three of your favorite tracks. What's it like knowing that you got the five nights of Speed Week and the big race at the end of the year, and that's it? I mean, you never know what's going to happen at Speed Week. So we're going there on a new on new tires this year, pretty much. We're going to be on twos, which we had all last year, but we were on ones last year. So uh, it'll be the same thing as it always is. It's, you never know what's going to happen. It's going to be different every night, and uh, I'm hoping the racing is going to be spectacular, and uh, hopefully we can come out of there Speed Week's champs. Now, I have a question for you, Devin. You had a hell of a year. You won on Road of Outlaws. You won with the Lucas Series. You won another crown, Joel. But remember, there's something to your weight. What would you say is your greatest accomplishment this year? Remember, you got married. Uh, well, I did get married. Um, I think that's her greatest accomplishment because, I mean, come on now. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, uh, really, I think that our greatest accomplishment is uh, what we overcame, you know, our as a, as a whole team, you know, um, we, we had a really good start to the year, winning a couple of outlaw races. And then, uh, we definitely went through a rough patch and that's just, that's how racing is in general. And then that's how having a new team is. So we went through it and my guys just worked their tails off for me. And, uh, to end the year with, I think five top fives in a row and, and all but winning the championship. I know we didn't win it, but, uh, but I, I felt like that was the greatest accomplishment, accomplishment for us this year. And, uh, like I said, it gets me real excited for next year. And, this was also your first year with not having Wally as your crew chief. And, you know, at least you had some similarities to the Longhorn chassis, which is something you've been racing for a while now. And, you know, but a new team, new number, new crew chief, new hauler, new everything. But same Devin Moran out there winning races. Yeah, you know, uh, Roger just provided us with a great team and we had great personnel, you know. Uh, Chucky stepped up big time. Uh, Mason and Tanner both did exactly what they needed to do, and uh, we got along, you know. That's what a lot of people don't understand in this sport. If you don't have a good team around you, you're not going to succeed, and, and I felt like Roger put a good good team around me, and uh, them guys worked their tails off, and I can promise you I would not be standing here where I am without without all three of them, Roger, and my now wife. Hey, Roger, going into the year, you know, you switch drivers and chassis manufacturers, I mean, you know, did the season itself exceed or meet your expectations? 
I think it, uh, it it got a little bit rough. We had a little bit of a rough patch probably mid-season. Started out really good, had a little rough patch mid-season, then came out strong. So really and truly, it actually came out better than I expected, you know, honestly. And, and I really feel like uh, 2024 is going to be even better than ever. And I'm assuming you two are fans now of the, uh, the Final Four playoff. So I've always loved it from the start, you know. I've, I, I don't know why. It's just exciting. Uh, we're in an entertainment sport. Um, I understand a lot of people don't like it, and, and everyone has a right to their own opinion. But uh, I've been a fan of it from the start, and I don't know what they're going to do next year, but uh, we'll just take it as it is. How about you, Roger? Hey, I, I told Rick going into it, I said, if I come out in first place, 500 points behind, or, uh, in, uh, I'm 500 points ahead of everybody else, and I lose it, I'm not going to be happy. But if I slide in there in fourth and came out and have an opportunity to win it, then I'll be tickled to death. And that's, that's what we did. Well, gentlemen, I want to thank you both for your time. Congratulations both on a great professional year and personal year for Devin and, and Roger. I mean, you know, you had a great year with your team. And um, I, I hate saying this because it's not meant to sound the way it could, but you guys almost pulled the biggest upset in racing off. We did at that. We were really, really close, but still, it ended up well. Thanks, guys, and again, happy holidays. Hi, this is Lenny Batiki. Wishing all of our Rappin' on Racing listeners a Merry Christmas and a very Happy New Year. Racing, now we're going to grab a word with the promoter of the ULMS series, Mr. Trevor Zuver. Trevor, welcome to Rappin' on Racing. How you doing, Howie? Yeah, it's Trevor Zuber with the United Late Model Series, owner and director here. I took over in 2023 of the full um, duties of the UMS Race Series. We're out here at PRI for the Performance Racing Convention out in Indianapolis, Indiana for day number two. Um, I'm glad to be here with you. Hey, Trevor, I've been doing some thinking. I attended your last race at the Lernerville Speedway, and I remember one thing that stuck out in my mind. Looking at the top three finishers that were on the stage, Drake Choutman, Tyler Emery, Ryan Montgomery. Combined, their average age is about 24. Drake being 18, Tyler being 30, 30, Mm -hmm. and... It's crazy to think, and, and you're not that old, that this series, we, we're going to rename it. We're going to keep you LMS, but make it tomorrow's champions today. Yeah, that's something we might be in the works for. And like you said, yeah, the young age. I mean, myself, I'm turning 21 here in about three weeks in January. I mean, I, last I was known as the youngest promoter in the country, especially when I started in 2021 as a 19-year-old. Um, and the guys on the series this year, I mean, you had Logan Zarin. He's a 20-year-old man himself um, running the full tour. Tyler Emery at 30. You had guys that didn't run the full time with Stroud, but he won a couple of features, including Lernerville to Stampede. And he's just 18 years old himself. And you'll see this year, I believe he's going to run full time on a national tour in the new Chris Bragg number 7 car. Um, Dylan Cece. Dylan Cece is not incredibly old himself. He's a father and is you know, middle-aged, but it was his first full year in a super late model. And the, the list continues. To, uh, Ryan Montgomery in the 4S that Terry Seppa owned, and him and Jeff Montgomery do that deal together. Ryan, no slouch himself, at a very young age. And like we talked about a little bit previously, I mean, he's had a tremendous amount of achievements in his young career. That came from a, a national go-kart deal, and he went into fast track and rush, and now he's built himself up as to a, a ULMS elite driver. What's it like when you have the opportunity? I saw you down at the Pittsburgh or Lucas Oil Late Model Series, and I know I shouldn't, I'm not trying to swear at you, but it's nice to see you out there supporting those series too. But what's it like when you see guys 
like Max Blair, Ryan Montgomery, guys who run your series, who made a name for themselves in this area, go out. Michael Norris, another one. Michael, he led part of the Pittsburgh, but when he comes to your races, he's one of the top guns too. What kind of pride do you have knowing that those guys who are running good here run with me? Well, it gives me a, just a tremendous amount of achievement, to be honest. I mean, it's very cool to see guys like our own champions go out running the national level. I mean, they, you know, they go to our program to build themselves up for that next step, and I think that's very cool. I mean, like you saw, Max Blair, a four-time ULMS champion, the most winningest driver on the ULMS tour. I mean, he's ran, you know, the Outlaw Rookie of the Year, Lucas Oil Rookie of the Year. He finished top ten points in both of them the previous two years. He's going to run the Lucas Oil um, Tour again on his third full-time ride now. You know, you guys have um, like Michael Norris. Michael's not been a full-time ULMS driver, but he was in the Pete Corrado number 10 car. Guys, remember in 2022, that car was the, uh, the ULMS champion car. Jared Miley drove that to a full-time points championship. You know, so it's very interesting as well. So to see those guys run up front, go to those national shows and do that deal, it's just a tremendous amount of pride that I get to do from that. So, And we, we look, and you guys come in, and you don't just get the local guys you have some big names following your series and you pull in big names yeah. and you guys actually kind of inspired one track we're not going to say who but you're like listen these cars aren't cheap to run now that track's paying four thousand dollars to win which is what you guys used to do as a special and so what did you do you took your specials up to minimum of what five thousand ten thousand five th- yeah right now is the minimum minimum we still do a four thousand but i don't do too many of them as moving to 2025 i'm going to all five thousand five hundred dollar win shows as a minimum and yeah they're all increasing the last three years all of our purses have skyrocketed in the back end and that's what they need to do for a weekly show for these guys to go to they can't go out there for two hundred dollars to start it needs to be a minimum of five hundred or more and even even then it's Relax. and but on the regional side that's the area we are in and that's what i'm going to work with but now i continue to build and i'm going to build on those purges and moving forward the larger we grow the larger sponsorships we bring in i plan on increasing them as well and you talk about growing and building in that and you do this out of your love this is a, basically a 40 hour a week job but you have a full-time job you're having equipment operator and what's it like when you go to these tracks and you got so much on your mind, whether you be at work running the equipment and you're like, okay, did I take care of this for ULMS? And then you're going to have to race this. What's it like balancing so much at such a young age? Honestly, it's something I had to learn to do. Um, moving forward with um, this pe- previous year, that was a big step for me. Um, being out on the pipeline and being working for the gas company as well as a heavy equipment operator, I run a track hose by profession. Um, it was something I really had to do. And you go out there in those kind of blue-collar jobs. Is you're not one that's usually on your phone. You don't really take phone calls. You're there to work. So to balance that work life with ULMS and my own, because that's what I have to use to pay my bills, it was, it was quite difficult. And it ended up becoming um, I had a you know, lunch break. So I'd take a break here, and you know when I get home at night, 6, 7 o'clock, that's when a lot of the business happened. And I've been laid off since September, which has actually kind of been a blessing in disguise for ULMS. I was able to really um, put my focus on that this um previous fall and i think it's helped tremendously coming forward this year and you don't do it by yourself you got a great staff but let's first recognize your girlfriend haley she the sacrifices she makes i saw your schedule and she's going to give up so many weekends just to be there to help see the zuver family dream i mean you're not starting out with e-mods came out with the late model division and in 2021 yes he got in a bad accident and you had a week to basically go from being a little boy to the adult in charge 
and your first race at Sharon, big success, and that just, you set that bar high, and you keep on raising it all the time. Yeah, and that's the plan I continue to do. I mean, I want all of our shows to be, a, you know, a professional excellent 100%, and not every time we do it, but every time I go out, that is the, that is the plan, that is the purpose, and I stride everybody, I told promoters and the drivers, and they all recognize that and respect that. You know, our staff, you know, almost all of our staff members have been in this field for over 10 or 12 years, myself including from a, um, a young age, you know, so when I bring those guys in, I expect excellence every time, and that's what we strive to do. Hey, I know you're busy out here. You're making things happen. You had a big announcement this morning with the E-Mod series, and um, it's kind of nice to see that the Zuber family, who made their start in promoting a regional E-Mod series, went back to it. Yeah, and I'm glad to be doing that. We opened that UEMS program back up in 2023. That's something I wanted to do. And with a small schedule, we ended up having all rainouts last year. But coming into 2024, we've signed a new title sponsor, um, Elite Motorsports out of Ohio with Josh Christopher. So that's going to be a big announcement we just had today. Moving forward, we have some more dates. They're all large paying shows. So something for the modified guys to come out to. It's something they're going to want to support and something we look to continue to grow. Well, I know you're busy, and I appreciate your time. Happy holidays to you and the staff of ULMS. As well, Howie. Thank you. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas Just like the ones I used to know Where the treetops and children listen to hear in the snow. I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.
Hi everyone, this is Jim Zufall, and as I begin my 23rd year as part of the Rapid on Racing family, I want to wish you and your family a very happy holiday season. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, and as always, for Rapid on Racing, I'm Jim Zufall. Race fans, we just found Drake Troutman out here at the PRI show, and uh, Drake, you made racing in a 12-month-a-year sport. You're out here for PRI, and you still have a race to go here in December with the Dome. But what a breakout year that you had this year with the late model, the E-Mod, and everything. Yeah, it's definitely a, a good year. and I mean, we're all year round. We definitely got a lot of stuff going on. And, uh, you know, come out here and uh, thank all of our, our product sponsors, of course, and then uh, get ready to turn around and go to St. Louis. When you... You, you come from a racing family. Your grandfather, Dave Troutman, used to race. Your dad, DJ Troutman, used to race. But when they were into it, it was not a 12-month-a-year occupation. Is it crazy to think now you're a full-time race car driver for a living? Yeah, for sure. It's uh, I mean, We start in January, and uh, we race pretty well all year with a couple weekends off in December. I mean, other than that, we're pretty well uh, full-blown, so... It's definitely awesome, and it's uh, it's always been a dream of mine. Now, going into 2023, you kind of disbanded your EMOD team, and then Jerry Foster offered you a ride, and it's been one of your most successful years with the EMODs. Um, what's it like physically going from the one car to the other? Is it tougher than what people realize? No, it's not too bad. Just, uh, I mean, realistically, it's the same back half with uh, – uh, metric front end. I mean, it's they don't really drive that much different, but um, you know, you can hustle a late model a lot more than what you can a modified. And uh, I don't know. It's uh, it was definitely an awesome year, and and uh, just about all aspects. And uh, really looking forward to the next year and, and what's to come. And you actually picked up a ride with the super team. And what's that going to be like? I mean, it has to be a dream come true to when you just now not even running the family equipment at all. Uh, I'll still be racing my family stuff a, a lot, actually. That's, uh, it'll be mixed up pretty good. We'll probably run about 50 nights with his stuff and probably about 50 nights with ours. So, um, yeah, we're definitely really excited for it. And you picked up last, well, this, I don't know how to technically put it, in t- 2023, you picked up your biggest win of your career financially. You picked up some tour wins with ULMS. Uh, you basically went to hell on the hell tour and made a name for yourself out I guess out west and you know you you did it last year and you got the name out there but this year you on the hell tour is one of the fastest cars every night yeah we definitely had a good piece and uh you know switching over to longhorn chassis is definitely the probably the best thing that we've done for uh, a racing program um you know they they just treat me great and and all them guys down there are just really awesome to to deal with so um Definitely looking forward to working with them again next year and uh, just looking forward to next year altogether, really. We're really excited. We've been working hard, and um, hopefully it pays off. And you've always excelled at the big tracks. Uh, Bedford Speedway is probably, I would say, the track you turned the most laps at in your career. And this year, you got to do some kind of fun stuff for you. You etched your name into Latro Speedway record books, pick first trial in the winter race there. Um I can still remember when you're, you convinced your grandfather at, what were you, like 14 to, hey, 
you're, you're getting older. Let me take the car out. And you go out first night and win in it. And now here you are basically getting ready to go run 100 super late model features this year. It's just amazing how far you've come in such a short time. Yeah, it's definitely been a pretty good run. It's, honestly, I think I struggle more on big tracks than what I do on small tracks. I, I like the small tracks way better than the big tracks. But uh, I don't know. It's, it's definitely been awesome. I think last year we ended up running about 120 events. And, uh, you know, we're really looking forward to next year. Is there one race that you would say sticks out in your brain, in your mind, more than other? You know, getting that first $10,000 win, um, picking up a win at Port Royal, you know, just the, the speed weeks you had. I mean, is there one thing that you look back and you're like, man, I did that? Uh, probably that 10000 win at uh, Davenport or Brush Creek. I mean, obviously, financially, that was pretty, pretty cool and... Uh, I mean, as far as winning, there's some really good competition at both of those events. So uh, that was huge. You know, the Port Royal one was big. That Lernerville one was big. It's we we definitely got to to win a lot of good races this year, and um, you know, hopefully next year we're, we're able to capitalize on that and uh, keep some momentum going into the next year and uh, just run good again. I mean, sometimes you can go out and have a pretty stellar season, and then the next year you struggle. So got to stay up on our A game and uh, make sure we're perfect. Well, Drake, on behalf of everybody at Wrapping on Racing, I want to thank you for taking time out for a quick interview, and I wish you success in 2024. Yep, thank you. everybody a merry christmas and a happy new year race hands right now we're going to grab a word with a gentleman who put super late model racing on its ears this year the pilot of the cameron construction car number 72 tyler emery tyler not one championship but two championships this season picking up your first ever super late model win man could the season get any better well, you know, you you can always get better, right? I mean, there's a few races that uh, keep me up at night still. But, yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't ask for much more. I mean, Pete and Mary and Roland, Lisa, my dad, um, I mean, Danny, Chris. I mean, I have so many people to thank that it's not even funny. And, you know, it, everyone always says it, and we we all mean it as drivers. I mean, it takes a whole team to make this go around. I, I just get to be the idiot that holds the steering wheel. And uh, we, we worked real hard over the winter and got to try some things, and Pete, Pete lets me go down some rabbit holes and work on the car and do some things that might not be so normal. But, you know, we went and tested, and, and everything's worked out. And we we, uh, we we had a breakthrough year. I mean, we wanted we wanted to be a little better, but you always do, right? 
I mean, I know last year in 2022, you teamed up with Pete Cameron and Roland and Lisa Manns, and you had a teammate that you could bounce ideas off of, Jason Covert. And the Manns, the Camerons, and Coverts, for about 10 years, they were one of the top regional teams. And then you came along and um, basically had a year of learning. And this year, you're thrown into the number one driver role. What were you thinking at the beginning of the year would make for a good year? Uh, I mean, it's always trying to minimize mistakes. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing. I mean, it, you know, racing a crate car or a limited, you know, you can get away with two, three mistakes a night and still win. In a supercar, you're not doing that. Um, you know, you make one mistake. I mean, Greg Satterley or you know, Cosner or somebody's somebody's going to make you pay for it. I mean, Eckert, I mean, somebody's going to make you pay for that mistake. Um, so it's it's the the minimizing mistakes and trying to, you know, the guys that go on the road, you know, that's the biggest thing I realized this year is that, you know, they they have a lot of time and, and money to test things, but they also know what they want and they know how to get there faster. So if if you can figure that out, I mean that that's kind of what separates you from from everyone else. And this year or in the past, I'm not sure. I'm not familiar with your racing, but you took on basically you wanted to be the setup guy on your car. Do you think that was an advantage? Just you know smashing the shock. So you, when you know you go out there, you know exactly what you have instead of having your faith in somebody else. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes it hard because, you know, under caution, I start thinking about some of that stuff, and it keeps me up at night. I mean, there's there's, there's a whole list of why it's a bad thing. But, you know, my, you know, when I started racing 12 years ago, my dad said, you know, we're not going to pay anybody to do this. You're going to figure it out on your own because if something happens to me, I want you to be able to keep racing. And I don't want to pay somebody and to be dependent upon you're only fast if you're paying somebody. He said, so you're going to figure this out. So... Uh, I mean, I guess we kind of have some. I mean, we still got more to learn. I want to be better. And how big of a relief was it going to Marion Center and getting that first ever super late model win? I mean, you know, driving for Pete Cameron, I mean, like I said, they've won, I think, eight consecutive track championships at Potomac with uh, David and uh, Jason and everybody. And, you know, now you're the guy behind the wheel and you know just i mean the prestige of getting in that 72 just had to be a lot of pressure oh it was a ton of pressure i mean the biggest thing is you know you, you walk into the race shop and you see the the walls littered with david williams and jason covert checks and it's like huh i haven't even won a race i ain't you know we, we almost won i don't know it was two three or four races last year and either lap cars or a tire blowout or something dumb happened so i mean they at least saw that we had the, you know, I had the potential to be able to win some of these races, but, um, you know, results are what pays, not the potential, right? So, um, I mean, it's it's definitely a a huge uh, relief off my shoulders when I did finally win a race. I mean, that that gave yeah, it gave me a little more confidence, and and I mean, the the biggest thing is they they let me do pretty much whatever I want to do to try and get what I need. I mean, you know, if, if I Sometimes I'll tell Pete some stuff. I'm like, this is what I think we need to do. And he looks at me like I got two heads, and he goes, well, if you believe in it, I'm, I'm for it. And he lets me do it, and, I mean, it, most of the time it works out. And like I said, not one championship, but two. And what was it like on opening night at Appalachian Speed Week? You pull in, you got 
car number 10 with Mike Norris driving. Um, you got Greg Satterley. Uh, you know, what's it? You're pulling out in the Pete Cameron 72. I mean, you know, that ride just earned respect. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, you know, we, we expected to run good there. Um, I mean, the worst part is I was sick as a dog that week. Um, I didn't even, the first night, well, I didn't even know if I was going to race. And I just stayed in the truck, fell asleep between time trials and, uh, or I don't even know, was it hot lap time trials at Clinton County? I don't even remember. I, that night was a blur. But, I mean, I barely finished in the top five. I mean, I was so out of it. And, um, you know, was sick the next night at Port. I mean, I didn't get better till almost Sealands Grove last night. But, um, I mean, I was, you know, good enough to, you know, get at least move around after after the first night. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, you know, Eckert and Satterley are going to be the, the two tough guys at all those tracks. I mean, they, they're veterans. I mean, they've, they've been doing this quite a while. And, um, I mean, Jason won the first night. And so, I mean, he was definitely a force to be reckoned with. And, um, I mean, all, all, the, all the cars that showed up to Speed Week was were pretty pretty good cars. So, I mean, you know, that's, after the second night, everyone's like, you know, or the dirt on dirt guys and whoever was they're like hey you know how does it feel to be the points leader and i'm like dude i got six more races i don't know let's 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 get through this these couple of days right and um so i mean it was nerve-wracking after like the fourth day because it's like you know as long as i, I do decent tonight we're, we're doing fine and um you know i just had to shake the pressure off and just try and do the best we can do so and now here tonight with, uh, I think, what, taking the green, you'll be crowned the 2023 ULMS champion. And, you know, you're keeping that tradition alive of the 72, the Cameron uh, Man's um, Emory Motorsports team. I mean, you know, the team's growing, but, man, still one of the top regional teams. Yeah, I mean, it's it's nice to run up front. And, you know, we, we kind of took a little bit of a break towards the end of the year and, um you know, it, there's we. I've raced more the past two years than I've ever raced ever. I mean, the most I raced before this was probably 12 times a year. So, I mean, I really didn't have a whole lot of experience under my belt before driving for beating everybody last year. So, I mean, last year definitely got me up to speed and a little better, and I could ask Jason questions. And Jason, you know, being a veteran, and he he knew what was going to happen before it happened. Like he'd tell me in a heat race before we even go out, he's like, "This is what's going to happen. Expect it." Let it happen and then do this, and it that that was that really helped pick up, you know, just you know racing wisdom, right? I mean, it's just you, there, there's a lot more to it than just getting in the car and driving it. Well, it takes a lot of money and a lot of people to keep a team on the road. So why don't we go ahead now and thank those marketing partners, the car owners, the crew, and uh, everybody who puts their time into this number seventy two. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't thank uh, Pete and grandma i mean grandma mary it's like what do i call her uh roland and lisa my dad melinda uh shorty my fiance she's she's the best help we got jeffy tire guy when he can make it he's here um dirt he's at the shop every single night busting his tail getting things done casey's there almost every night during the week he he can't go to any of the far races uh joe adams he's he's there all the time uh Chelsea helps the tires. I mean, and then for sponsors, I mean, you know, Total Machine, PSI Packs, Camera Construction, Gardner Construction, Coombs Bus Service, they're a huge help to us. Um, B&O Hauling and E-Labs, they're both pretty pretty huge. Uh, I can't thank Bill enough. I mean, he, he gives us 
pretty pretty stout motors. I mean, I, I really enjoy. I mean, we have enough of them now, but we I enjoy his motors. Um, you know, can't thank Rocket enough. I mean, they they give us good cars. Um, I think they, I think that's about it. Well, I want to thank you for your time and congratulations on a great season. And uh, race fans, be sure to keep your eyes on the Cameron Mans Emery. Sounds like a law firm, not a race team, but number 72. Tyler Emery's going to be going in the front, and uh, his uh, crew chief, fiance, she's she's going to be uh, one to reckon with whenever next season with the crate car. Uh, again, thank you for your time. Yep, thank you. Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. We hope that everybody has a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and we can't wait to see you all in 2024. Welcome back to Wrapping on Racing, race fans. Right now, we're going to grab a word with a gentleman who found a great talent in Tyler Emery. They went out this year, won the ULMS Championship for Dirt Late Models, as well as the Appalachian Speed Week. And uh, Pete Cameron, welcome to Wrapping on Racing. Thank you, Howard. Glad to be here. Now, Pete, you've uh, been involved with racing from promoting tracks to owning teams. Um, formerly, you had Jason Cobra drive for you. You guys had a lot, a lot of regional success. Uh, David Williams before that. You drove for yourself and won some track championships. But I got to ask, what made you decide to go with such a young talent like Tyler Emery? Well, my granddaughter had something to do with that as uh, they were going to get married here in a couple of weeks. So he was around, and uh, he was running some limited late-mile stuff and had some success, so uh, we decided to take this step and see what we could do. Now, last year you, te- you had the experienced driver in Jason Covert, and I don't want to say kind of, ty- you know, um, tutored Tyler, but Tyler had a very consistent year. He was very fast in your cars. And this year, you made the move to just a one-car super late model team with Tyler Emery behind the wheel. And at the beginning of the year, would you have thought the ULMS and the Appalachian Speedway Championship would be coming home with your team? Well, actually, we know we really did on the ULMS stuff. Said that there wasn't but you know six, seven cars that was going to do that, so we thought we might have a shot. Uh, there's some very good cars running this series. And, uh, you know, there's four or five guys that won races in the series and outside the series. So it's no, it's no pushover for sure. What about the Appalachian deal? You had 
national sensation um, Greg Satterley run it. And, uh, you know, a lot of guys stepped up with Jim Bernheisel announced that he was bringing it back. And, you know, at that point, you guys had just recently picked up your first super win at Marion Center with uh, Tyler behind the wheel. So you had some confidence going in, but, you know, you always went in with the experienced driver, and I want to say the driver to beat when you had David and Jason behind the wheel. This year, you kind of came as a surprise. Yeah, well, we went in that series hoping that we would run good and finish in some top fives and maybe win a race, but we started out with a fifth-place finish, and then we ended up with two two feature wins in a couple seconds, and, you know, everything we did that week seemed to be the right decision. And you also have a limited team with uh, your granddaughter driving. So with you, how hard is it when you're out running the Super and Megan's back at Potomac or Winchester running the Cray Car? Yeah, we always keep an eye on her because we like her coming with us and we know what she's doing, and she's a great, great crew guy. She, uh, we put her down as our crew chief. Hey, Pete, what's next year hold? I know in the past you guys would like to go down to Florida and see how you would do with the World of Outlaw and the Lucas cars. And even one year you came out leading the points. And um, now you guys stepped up. You've got two complete super lates, a two-car hauler. Could we see a run possibly at Lucas or World of Outlaw in the near future? I mean, we'd probably do some local stuff with that with that group of guys and uh, just get our feet wet and see see how we stack up against those guys. We're planning on going to Charlotte uh, here in first week of November and see how we make out there. So maybe a good Charlotte run might need to uh, heading down Florida or Georgia. I know you guys always ran good down at Brunswick. I think that was the track where you guys had a couple seconds. Yeah, we did. We ran good there and uh, you know we, we don't have no plans right now for next year other than we know we're going to race. Hey, Pete, you have done many different aspects in racing, from being a former track promoter to owning cars to being a driver yourself. What do you take the most pride in? Well, I mean, my driving career was so-so. It was decent. We won track championships and like, 35 races. But being a promoter and being promoter of the year, was I really enjoyed that part of it. And now as a team owner and being with my granddaughter and soon-to-be uh, grandson or step, or however you say that. Grandson-in-law. Grandson-in-law. There you go. Well, Pete, I know you guys are busy. And, again, congratulations on a great year. And um, why don't you go ahead and thank some of the people that make the championship, two championship season possible. Yeah, well, our sponsors, I mean, Total Machine, Tyler's dad owns that, and he's really a part owner of this team also. And uh, my daughter and son-in-law, Roland Mann and, and uh, Lisa Mann, uh, they're part owner also. So it's a three-deal three, three deal partnership. Uh, Coons Bus Service uh, helps buy the diesel fuel to get up and down the road. Uh, and all the rest of our sponsors that we got, uh, we can't thank them enough. Race fans, be sure to keep your eyes on car number 72, the Cameron Construction Rocket XR1, Pro Power Racing Engine Supply and the Horsepower. They won two championships next year, and the sky's the limit for 2024. Thanks, Pete, for your time. Thank you, Alex. See, see you around soon at the racetrack. Hello, hello, hello.
Hi everyone, this is Jim Zufall, and as I begin my 23rd year as part of the Rapid on Racing family, I want to wish you and your family a very happy holiday season. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, and as always, for Rapid on Racing, I'm Jim Zufall. Race fans, we just ran into the gentleman who owns the little team that can. He made history with some top three finishes at Daytona in the Craftsman Truck Series, this past year, he didn't drive at all. He came out with the two-car Xfinity team, and at Talladega, Jeb Byrne took the Jordan Anderson Racing car to victory lane. Jordan, congratulations on a great year as an owner. I appreciate it. Great year. You know, Jeb and Parker did fantastic for us all season, and we knew it was going to be a lot to jump to two cars this year. It was kind of like drinking from a fire hose at times, but both of our guys did a great job. And to get that win at Talladega six months after what happened there the fall in October was was big for us to, to go out of there in a helicopter and then six months later leave with a trophy was, was pretty special. But I think we proved that our team has a lot of good speed. We got some great people. We grew quite a bit this year. And, um, you know, we had another monumental moment at August. We took three cars for the first time. And 200 start for our team. I got the race alongside Jevin Parker was, was pretty special. And we're going to try and do that some more. It's looking like we're going to take three cars to Daytona again this year and try to build off of that program. But uh, excited to have Jeb and Parker back and try to keep things growing for next season. Now, we talked before about the truck series. And at Daytona, you just excel there. Any chance of us seeing you back at Daytona in, in one of your trucks? Yeah, no, no trucks probably for the foreseeable future. We sold off most of our truck stuff to go Xfinity racing, so we've got probably 30 Xfinity cars in our inventory now and just really wanted to focus on that program. So sold off most of our truck stuff to focus on that. I still have my one Speedway truck, so maybe Talladega next year you might see it pop back out, but uh, we're going to go guns a-blazing with three cars to, to Daytona. And, you know, as a small team, you got to pick and choose the races you can run good at. And for us, you know, we say, hey, Daytona, Talladega, Atlanta, Michigan, those are ones that we want to focus on. Your Martinsville, the Richmond, the short tracks. So we try to pick and choose the ones we can go run good at and make the most out of it. Jordan, don't take this wrong, but I don't think we should say blazing and Jordan Anderson racing in the same sentence. Hey, as long as we're going to the front, that's what matters. But, uh, yeah, just blessed and thankful that ended up, uh, you know, all healed up from that deal at Talladega and was a fantastic year for us. Very uh, exciting to see how well both of our guys did. You know, Parker was a rookie, came in the year and turned a lot of heads, and Jeb rebuilt his career and showed people that he can still do it. So it was fun working with both of them. Excited about this year. Do you miss not being the driver and doing the administrative end? Yeah, there's definitely times where you'd rather be behind the wheel than uh, working and crunching numbers and working the budget, but it's cool to see our program grow, and I figure as long as I can run a few races a year and, and have good equipment, I'm okay with that. So I'd rather see our program grow and just run a handful of races and see it keep taking off. How does it feel when you used to come to the track with that 44-foot trailer behind the dually, now you got the NASCAR 18-wheeler set up, and it's like, you know, when they're complaining, well, we need this, this, and this, it's like, hold on, guys. Let's go back to our roots here. There's the trailer that we used to crisscross America in. Yeah. 
Yeah, that trailer sits at the back of our shop, and we actually still use it to run chassis to the blaster to the body shop. Still use it, so it is uh, it is a nice reminder of where uh, where we came from, and it's uh, it's definitely gotten a lot more expensive since those days. But it's still cool to to see how much has taken off. How hard is it you for you as a former driver to be at the track and not have control over your vehicles? If that makes any sense. Yeah, I, I think that comes where it's very important for you to have confidence in your drivers and, and to know that they're capable of taking care of your equipment and we couldn't do it without them. So I, my, my pit box stress is a lot lower because of the drivers we have behind the wheel, but just grateful for those guys and how good of a job they do. And what does 2024 hold? hold? I read that Jeb and Parker are coming back and I'd assume state heaters or water heaters and all the sponsors are? Yeah, yeah. State water heaters will be back with Jeb. Uh, he's got some new sponsors he's going to announce here soon. So those guys will be back. Funkaway will be back with Parker full-time on the 31. Easy Care will be back. We've got our guys from the Bomber Automotive Group will be back. So a lot of our partners were excited about last season and want to keep growing. How relieved was it to know that, like I said, you, you started out and you show up at the track with a dually and that enclosed little, I, I hate saying a little, but the smaller enclosed trailer. And now you've taken a role now as the leadership and let the drivers do the driving, take some pressure off you. And now you go to Victory Lane at a track the last time you raced, like you said, you left in a life flight helicopter. Yeah, no, it's it definitely comes down to uh, good people working on the team. We've got, you know, 30 guys at our shop full-time working now. And, um, you know, it definitely are days where you got to keep it all in perspective. But it, it all starts with good people in the, the day. And we got two, two great crew chiefs for next year. And um, we've got two drivers that really appreciate and respect the equipment. And, uh, you know, I'm there every day from 7 to midnight sometimes, but putting in the hours and making sure that everything's where it needs to be and uh, making sure that our, our cars are as best as they can. And I think that's what uh, has added to a lot of the success we had this past year was, was just good people. Now, I got to ask one more question. When you get the chance to race, you mentioned that earlier, you had the three cars. Do they at least let you use one of the 18-wheelers, or do you got to go in the little trailer? Yeah, we bought a third one, so we got all, we got all three of them uh, in the big haulers. And I, Actually, funny, when I ran Daytona in August, I took Jeb's car that he won with at Talladega, and that was the car I drove. We built him a new car, and I told him I was taking the one he won with. So they were all ragging on me when, when I didn't win there in August because I kind of broke the winning streak on that car. But uh, we have a good time. You know, We definitely stay true to our roots, and we're still, still a bunch of old-school racers and, and just kind of doing things a new way. But it's been fun to, to see it take off and try to – play money ball with our race team to, to put resources to where it can make a difference. Jordan, I appreciate your time uh, taking out some time here at PRI for a quick interview, and uh, happy holidays to you and everybody at Jordan Anderson Racing. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I want to take a minute and thank our marketing partners. Number one, Cochrane Automotive. Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. Zarin Truck and Automotive and RPS Financial Solutions. Without these people, we would not be able to do Rappin' on Racing, and I thank them.